This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We just have a good rhythm together, you know. He sort of feels me out, I feel him out, and uh, we go for it. Hello and welcome along to the worst idea of all time, season four, episode thirty-one. I think uh, a podcast in which Tim Bat and myself, Guy Montgomery, watch and review Sex in the City not once a week, but twice a week for half a year at warp speed. And uh, I'm joined, as is Tim, although not in the physical realm, by our very special guest this week. She's a friend of the Frosty Fellas and a friend of the podcast. Uh, you might know her from the airwaves on Kiss FM here in Melbourne, Australia. And if you're not listening in Melbourne, Australia, you won't know her at all. It's Polly Harding. Or PJ. PJ. Yeah. That's yeah I've got two names. But you, you, you had to change your name in a yeah. classic show business twist. Yeah. Because there was already someone working in radio called Polly. Very, very well-known person. Um, and I couldn't really step on that territory. So we had to come up with another name, what? and they were like, do you have a middle name? I was like, don't have a middle name. It, it's very short-sighted, though, isn't it? Because <laughs> with, with due respect to uh, Polly Senior, yeah. you, your meteoric star is on the rise, and <laughs> I can't remember the last time I heard from her, but she started writing some pretty fucking out-there columns in the newspaper, I think. Do you remember any Fuck, of those? she did, didn't she? Yeah. yeah, man. Yeah, just now, because yeah. you brought it up. I forgot about that. Pauline Gillespie is her name, if you want to look her up. And that means that PJ will now no longer participate in this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> no, very great great broadcaster, very successful. I just didn't want to oh, um, walk into up. any territory. I was very young. I was, I was a young gun and uh, just thought I'd change my name. And, and but, here I am. But so now, for example, I've known you since we were much younger. Yeah. And I've always known you as Polly. Before yes. you were... Uh, media personality PJ Harding. Yeah. You were my cousin's friend, Polly Harding. <laughs> and then now it's taken hold to the to the point whereby you you like you are as much PJ as you are Polly. That's weird. That is weird. PJ used to be the cool version of me. What in school? <laughs> no. Or professionally. Professionally. Like it was the cooler version, more I censored see. and stuff. But I could only keep that up for like a year or two and then the real 
Oh. Polly came through. So I don't even know but which one's cooler anymore. Isn't that when you break through to another <laughs> level of like broadcasting and skill is when you're like, you let the front down and you go, oh, and by the way, I'm actually incredibly complex because people contain multitudes. That's it, guy. That's exactly what's happened. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how, how are you going, Tim? <laughs> I'm going all right. Just enjoying the banter, to be honest. PJ and I have an origin story as well because we used to work um, for the same company. We were at different radio stations, but we worked for the same company. We did a podcast together, Tim. We did, but it didn't do very many episodes. I'm not sure if it ever <laughs> got online either. What did we even talk about? What, what, what were about? we talking about? I, I would love to hear about this. <laughs> I probably got it somewhere. I think, fuck, I, God, I can't, I can't even remember what we talked about. It's probably... Did it have a name? It's hard to... I reckon I'll have the file somewhere and I reckon I'll definitely never put them Surely. out. Surely. Obviously groundbreaking stuff. Yeah, between you, at least you can remember the premise, the, uh, a, a whiff of a premise. So it's it's Tim and, it's Tim and Polly or PJ. And, and Will was there too. Uh, and, uh, a guy called Will. And a guy called Will. And uh, you'd, what would you talk about? Um, Being young. I'm assuming pop no, culture. I, I think it might have been around pop culture and okay. Which I know nothing I literally know nothing about Well it's a crying shame this podcast didn't continue Because it sounds like you guys had a real rapport A real chemistry and a red hot premise To tear God, into I missed that podcast. Week in week out Yeah, You miss it so much you've literally erased it from your memory There's a uh, better but Recent we're, we're not at- PJ and Tim Story which is that um, I was I, sorry, guy, I can't hear you very well because of how we're talking to each other. So I'm just going to probably run rough shot over a lot of what you say. So you can kind of just fucking <laughs> deal with that, my guy. Um, but PJ and I saw each other uh, probably about a month ago at the airport. Because well, you, didn't you like just post on Instagram that you were getting quietly slammed by yourself at the airport because you had a flight delay? <laughs> Yeah, um, so I was flying into Auckland and then to Wellington or Christchurch, but the um, flight was delayed because there was rubbish weather. And I was at the pub drinking beer and I was like, what do I do? Put it on Instagram, see if anyone's around. And then Tim literally walks around the corner and he's like, hey, man. And I was like, hey. And, uh, well, you know, for fear of repeating the same mistake I made in asking what your podcast was, (laughs) what did you two talk about? It was the best know, use of Instagram remember. stories ever because it, it wasn't that I like just turned up in the real world. It was I was just flicking through my phone because I got to the airport too early and you popped up. You're like, I'm bored and just getting quietly drunk by myself. Yeah, I'm so glad you came along. We had a grand old time together catching up. You know when you drink in public by yourself, it's frowned upon unless you're at the airport. Yeah, in which case the, yeah. the logic is, well, it's evening time somewhere, so fill your boots, mate. <laughs> Is that what it's about? Is it cool to be alone at a hotel bar drinking? I no. Have, do you know, I've always thought it is, though, because uh, because of movies. You see that, like, you often see the, the, the lead character having a drink by themselves, and they don't even go on their phone. They're not reading or anything. They're just sitting there with a drink, and you're like, oh, my God. What an intriguing and brooding figure. I'd love to try and emulate that. And then you go sit and have a drink by yourself in a hotel bar and you look like a fucking psycho. Especially if you don't have a phone or a book. They're like, okay, well, this person is planning to kill all of us. 
so true. It's my safeguard. Like if I go out for lunch, I have to have a device in front I of alway, me. I always try. It's I, just your backup. I only go without my phone because it's the only time I get to where I'm not like where I, if it's not physically on me, I'm not going on it. But if it's on my person, my muscle memory drives my hand yeah. into my pocket. But anyway, that's all by the by. So you guys caught up. Is the, the yeah. w- is, if I'm catching the, the wind of this conversation correctly. The three of us have been talking for about eight minutes. So far, we've covered a podcast we can't remember and a shared drink at the airport. <laughs> well, you know, it's the good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Chewing the fat, my Fine. friend. <laughs> this is straight off the top shelf with PJ Harding. Can I just say this? I love not PJ like so much. The of my banter. I when you marry her then? From a... From years and years ago, because PJ also used to come on the TV show, which is how Guy and I met, the, the one that Guy used to host. Yeah. PJ had a segment. I had a segment. And uh, I always knew you were going to be a star, Page. So I'm delighted to have you on. Oh, okay. And I cannot wait Aww. to crack your head open and scoop out your thoughts. <laughs> That's the worst metaphor I could have imagined um, on Sex in the City, the movie. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm thrilled to be here, and thank you so much for the kind words, Tim. I really appreciate that. Well, so we, we've we just finished our screening. We watched it together. It was wonderful for me to be in the company of someone else. Uh, Guy I, ruined it because he sung over all the music, trying to show off that he knew all the <laughs> lyrics to every song, even when it was a song that featured but, on the TV, on the movie. Yeah, it's cool. I'm cool. And I'm quite relaxed, too, which I think is what a lot of people like about me. Um <laughs> But so as we were watching it, I was saying, I said to, I said to you, Polly, I said, yeah. uh, Tim, when we talk to Tim, he's going to be really depressed. Yeah. And before we talk about our viewing experience, I just think it's it's uh, important to check in, Tim. How are how are you? How was your watch? I'm doing okay, but do you know this? Is, this hasn't happened before, but I almost. I, this is how much I didn't want to watch it because I knew I had to watch it last night, and I didn't. I went. Fuck this, I'm going to watch some Netflix, I'm going to be nice to myself and just give myself a goddamn break. I've been working very hard on this. Hashtag um, self-care 2019. That's, that's it, that's what I'm all about this year, PJ. Um, I've been working on this, this bit of work and it just took up the last two weeks, I've been doing nothing but, and, it, and, and I'm very unhappy with the finished product I've produced anyway. It's a script, by the way, it's a pilot script for an idea I came up with, and I finished it, and I was like, this can't wait to read it. God, it sucks so much. It's terrible. But it's submitted now. It's like finishing an assignment at university and you just get to the end and you're like, this doesn't even make any fucking sense. But I guess I'm out of time now. Oh, that's the so worst. So hand it in. But you probably just anywho. read it over and over and over. It's probably not... It's an bad. important part of the creative process to believe that you have no value and that you suck. Yeah. <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it? So, um, so I was like, fuck <laughs> it. I'm going to watch Netflix. And then um, I woke up this morning and I was like, you know, I haven't done in way too long, gone for a run. So I went for a, a little run and then I got back and I was like, oh, fuck. I genuinely thought you were going to say watched Sex in the City. <laughs> well, I did. I did after I got back from my run. But I came so close to just not watching it because I came back and I was in the shower. I was like, fuck, I've got to watch the goddamn movie like today. And I was like, what if I just don't? And I won't lie to PJ and Guy about it. I'll tell them. I'll tell them what I've done. But yeah. what if I just didn't watch it? And I was this I close, feel you guys. Ugh. I'm not going to lie to you, Tim. I've thought about doing that before. <laughs> uh, I never, I, I, yeah, and do you know the, the saddest part is not in thinking about doing it, but it's that 
for whatever reason you can't like it, it's not that you didn't want to it's that you physically found it impossible to just do something as simple as not watching Sex in the City for the 31st <laughs> time like you have yeah, some impulse rooted deep within your system that said no I must and there's what no reason that? for that what part um, of the man compels themselves to, to do that to oneself it's is it weakness or is it strength? Well, that's it. That's the question, right? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I like. I don't know if you should be really proud of yourself. I think. Or I'm disappointed. Not, I think it's weak. I, am. I think it's weakness. <laughs> I think it's weakness. I think strength is asserting yourself over that. Because it's a. Ah, yeah. I agree. Is it a drug? Is this a drug? It's Dopamine not a drug. is released. It's not a drug. <laughs> it's not that. It's the familiarity of it. There is, is, yeah, as terrible as it is, there is like that warm, familiar blanket effect that this movie has by returning to it. And you know, and you know that you're in like this comfortable space and you, you know? It's not comfortable. Exactly. It's utterly predictable. (laughs) There's no risks. Uh, so, well, with the, but no, in this world that is so unknown right now, do you think that you kind of do get a sense of comfort knowing you've got okay, well, two I and think a half that's hours? A, that's a good question. Yeah. I think you, as well as anyone, are positioned to answer it as someone yeah. who just watched the movie with me. Do you think I looked comfortable? <laughs> um, I'd say we started off pretty well, like you actually handling it pretty well. Um, but it was towards the end... I really noticed a sudden decline in your state. It was like he started walking around the room, Tim, and he got the rug from the couch and he put it over his head as a shield from the content that was coming off the television. So I, I, I was a bit worried, but then he sort of settled. And I was like, okay, we sweat. We had about 15 minutes of just chill time. He was engaged and then he got up again. He went to the toilet like three times throughout the movie as well. I don't know if that was a strategy. No, I'm, I've been hi- working on my hydration, so I've got to wee a lot. He's I'm got sorry. a very weak bladder. No, I've got a good bladder. But if I'm watching a movie that I don't want to watch and there's a toilet nearby, I'm going to do a wee. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, think, I, don't think it is, I don't think it is a comfort. I mean, I understand the logic of what mm. you're saying, but I don't think... I don't but look, routine? Well, that's why we got back into it. Yeah. We both didn't have a lot going on, and we were like, if we do this, at least we have each other. We have something to look forward to. We have something to hang our hat on. Like, even if we don't have a productive day or week, we've done something. Even though it's nothing, we have achieved this thing. But now we're deep in the middle of it, and it feels awful. Would you link this back to the concept around you being a vegetarian, (laughs) which you were saying earlier today, how this is one of the only things you have discipline within your life, and so much like Sex in the City... You do it because you feel like you've got some sense of accomplishment. Oh, it's so grim because it's accurate. Yeah. <laughs> I don't eat meat in the same way I watch Sex in the City. <laughs> Just because it's the only, Holy it's one of the shit. only instances in my life I can think of in which I exercise any self-control. <laughs> this is why PJ is such a great broadcaster. Ooh. She is like... David Attenborough, but for human um, beings. Your ability to just laser you. into the core of someone. That's thats some deep shit. Anyway, <laughs> I'm sick of talking about us, though, because it feels like we're wasting Polly's brain. What did you make uh, of this gosh darn no. film? Um, I was kind of surprised with how I reacted. I wasn't expecting um, to be so connected with the um, intertwined love stories. I really felt a 
affected by, you know, uh, particularly Steve. I had a lot of empathy for Steve. Yeah. Normally I'd be like cheating scumbag, but I really got into the position he was in and I didn't like Miranda for a good portion of the film and I was like, why am I so attached to this? And then, um, and then also <sighs> Mr. Big, like I really, I don't know, I was on a bit of a roller coaster with him. It was up and down. I didn't trust him at the beginning and then at the end I was like, you are right for Carrie. I want to hear about the Miranda thing a bit more. What, so this is interesting. So you were yeah. very uh, Team Steve through this whole thing. I got really confused when Guy told me that Miranda is his favourite character. And I just it didn't make sense to me. And um, I just, I feel like she's got the least to add. Did you see Charlotte? Charlotte? <laughs> yeah, but Charlotte's like endearing. Charlotte's endearing. And animated, she and is. I she feel has like security she, as well. I feel like she's re- no Charlotte is a social liability. She's useless <laughs> at cocktail parties. She screams your ear off. She's got three facial expressions. <laughs> she creates problems where there aren't any, so she can get well, in that on was the sim- one instance. Yeah, and then she ran around the park three times to get over it, <laughs> and she got over it. I just think <laughs> Miranda's Miranda. I'm, well, you know, you, I, I did actually enjoy watching it with you because of the way you observed the interpersonal dynamics. Yeah. And as soon as Miranda mis- misspoke at the rehearsal dinner, you were saying, like, that night, mm. you were saying, oh, no, it wasn't that night. You were, it was after uh, Big Jilt's carry when they were yeah. all sitting around. You were saying, you were urging Miranda. You were yelling at the like, screen. Tell her. Tell her. Tell her. Tell her. And she doesn't. And then every yeah, time you that- see them, you'd be encouraging her to tell her. And so, <laughs> I, I mean... I like her not just because of Sex in the City, but because of Sex in the City too. I've built up a camaraderie. I think of all the four gals, she shows the most empathy and carries herself with the most grace and compassion. She's intelligent. Uh, there's motivations for her actions. Yeah, hold that. It's not. We're just not, throwing words out now. I, I I didn't really see She's much not, compassion throughout not, this not film, in, to be honest. No, not not in Sex in the City. But in Sex and the City 2, she does show compassion. And there's a hangover of that for me. Right. Where she displays it. Like in Sex and the City 2, I, 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 I might be misremembering, but I just don't think all of the other characters were so obsessed with their own lives, problems. And Miranda, I specifically remember when Samantha gets caught having sex with Dickbot down on the beach. She rises to the occasion. She's a lawyer. She really takes it on. Like, and even when Carrie's having problems, you know, her and Samantha are working together to solve yeah. the problems. I just think... It was nice watching with you because you were highlighting things, flaws that I had maybe chosen to ignore. Yeah, Miranda. I just feel like you she's, were viewing her through rose-tinted yeah, glasses. She's, she's stubborn and her refusal to even, you know, uh, <coughs> accept the idea of receiving an apology from Steve. Like, you were so on the side of Steve and I love Steve as well. I was. I, I That surprised me a bit, but I think I was... Because, you know, they were talking about the um, the marriage vows and stuff. And she was saying, you know, you've broken this one. But then he went through to point out she'd broken all this other stuff. You know, she was mistreating him. Yeah. And that's what led Steve to the one action, which he came clean about straight away. What about the other vows? What about promises? Exactly. What about the promises? You know, and, and she wasn't displaying the behavior that she had once promised him. So I think it really put you in the shoes of the perpetrator. What? Perpetrator is the person who did the misdeed. Yeah. So that's Steve. Steve. Perfect. Yeah. And so, 
And also, you 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 trusted Steve that it was a one-off misdemeanor. I did. I probably trusted him a little too soon you, in the piece. Do you think he's a hottie? I think it's because he's got glasses. <laughs> yeah. I used to think, do you know when I was in school, I used to think that people in glasses couldn't do anything wrong. I, I, and I think, I think that misconception is like traveled with me because yeah. I looked at him and I'm like, trust him, Miranda. He looks like Stuart Little. He does look like yeah. Stuart Little. Grown up. What were you picking up on this week, Tim? But in a this hot watch. way, right? Like if... St- Sorry, what was that? Yeah, guy? yeah. Stuart Little got ripped. Stuart Little did get ripped in real life. Yeah, yeah. I show you a photo. Did he? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. What? What? What were you picking up on this watch? Sorry, Tim. I've I've got uh, some notes, which I'm happy to share with the group. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I yep. went on a bit of a journey actually, because at the start when Carrie announces to Samantha. Um, that she's getting married, and then Samantha says, after that whole thing with Aiden, I figured you wouldn't want to get married. I was like, you know what? I never looked this up. So I looked it up on Wikipedia. I had a look at Carrie Bradshaw's Wikipedia page, and it turns out Aiden and her were engaged, and at one point she cheated on Aiden with Big, which is wild because in the second movie, (laughs) which we've watched 52 times, she cheats on Big... (laughs) who she's now married to, with Aiden. So she's cheated on both of them with Who's the other Aiden? one. He's pretty, um, pretty Aiden cool guy. Aiden is the second most significant love love interest oh, okay. that Carrie has in the TV show. Um, He's a rug merchant. Yeah. And that is not euphemistic. Yeah, I don't... I was going to say, is that an analogy? But <laughs> No. Uh, but he... Because yeah, he says in the second <laughs> film, he says, that's where I went wrong, trying to get a ring on you. So the engagement's oh, obviously true. where the wheels came off in their relationship. Um, I mean, did this change the way you viewed their relationship? Did you have more or less sympathy for either of the characters? Well, I was online. I also, I'm going to ignore what you're asking because I just want to take a brief respite from thinking about this movie for a second. I also read that the original... No, 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 no. <laughs> Answer my question. The first incubators were actually on Coney Island as like a sideshow attraction, and the, this basically How like circus ringmaster accidentally saved thousands of kids, just using them as a sideshow. <laughs> How did you get to that, Tim? I don't know. I was just clicking around. <laughs> you know. Hey, I wrote some notes. I'm just going to hide my camel toe. Hang on. <laughs> so you're going to hide your camel toe. This isn't oh, video. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but I'm very aware of it. Okay, I wrote some stuff. Um, first one, up. pearls to bed. Oh, that was in my pro. Oh, yeah. So there's always the discussion around when you've got something in your teeth and you're out for dinner with friends, do you bring it up in that situation, publicly humiliate mm. them, or do you tell them afterwards? No, the public, humili- the public humiliation. Because this, sorry, this is obviously referring to when Steve pointed out to Miranda that he, she had foam above her lip. The public humiliation PJ, isn't in the God moment it's pointed out. F- Good on you for filling in the audience. They've been on this journey with us. <laughs> they get it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but the 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 public humiliation isn't when it's pointed out. It's the person walking around. Believing that they have nothing in their teeth when they do. So you, you, you just got to do it on a subtle. If you level. see a sister in arms with lipstick on her teeth, do you tell her or do you leave it? 
I just did the motion with you my do tongue. <laughs> you go. You show them. <laughs> you you don't say, I say you've got a little lipstick on your teeth. Do you? It's probably a bit more subtle. I just do the big lipping, licking my lips, licking my teeth. And then everyone but else is like, what is she doing? Every time. You don't leave it. You point it out every time. Me? Yeah. No. No, that's the thing. You'll sometimes, leave people out there. Yeah. Hang sometimes, them out <laughs> sometimes it's too awkward and I don't want to make them feel bad. So I the, just do you know what feels worse than being told? Having a massive you, bit of coriander in your front two yeah, teeth. Yeah. You know what feels worse <laughs> than someone telling you that? Is like going home four hours later. I know. And seeing it. But that's why I wanted to raise it. You know, what, yeah. Is it, do you whisper in their ear? Uh, it doesn't need to be such a big thing. You can just say, hey. I think Steve handles it brilliantly. Steve handles that whole situation brilliantly because mm. Miranda's really tightly wound. And also, actually, I'm going to insert my... Glad sh- you can acknowledge I'm that gonna, she's tightly wound. I'm, what, in that You're moment, You're now no longer looking at her through rose-tinted glasses. I'm going to say, I'm going to insert my shining light. I hope you can hear this, Tim. Um... <laughs> But it's when they're at the, okay. they're at the restaurant like, and Brady Brady says, um, I need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. And the way he says it and the timing he says it is exactly <laughs> the way that a child and only a child can say, I need to go to the bathroom seconds after they've already soiled themselves. <laughs> exactly. So, so Shit, yeah. He's like, uh, <laughs> he's pretty much saying I shit myself. But it's, yeah, it's Absolutely. very sweet. We, you know we've talked about that quite a bit, eh? Like, part earlier on in the season. <laughs> He's trying to make it like it's just fresh, of fresh course, off I, his I, mind today. It is. I genuinely don't know that we've spoken about that already. <laughs> How am I meant to remember? I'm not going to listen to this. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I, um, I got kind of some flashbacks when I was watching Charlotte in Mexico. She drank the water... Uh-huh. And then she shed herself. And I had a similar situation did. in Bali. <laughs> Do you know that Do what I love is this podcast? I've, sh- I've shared some stories of my own, but this podcast has really become a safe space for people to talk about <laughs> shitting themselves. <laughs> it's therapy. It's cheap therapy. 
Nah, I was in. It, it wasn't as bad as Charlotte's, but I was in Bali, and everyone was like, you know, just be careful of Bali, Bali. So I took charcoal t- tablets every day, and then I got quite cocky on the last day, and I was on Bingham Beach, and we were heading to the airport, and I was like, nah, she's all good. Anyway, then I was on the beach. I've already said that, um, and I went to fart, and I shouted. Yeah, how bad? Oh, this is really how embarrassing. Much? I just realised. Oh, not too bad, but I had in, to go you, to the airport. Were you in togs? No, I was in clothes, and oh. I had to go and get on a flight. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, cha- the, so you, you, you yeah. went to fart, and you sharted, but you sharted yeah. so bad, you didn't go to yeah. the bathroom, you went to an airport, because you were like, the country can't have me anymore. This has gotten too big for Bali to handle. No, nah, like, I had my bags packed. I can't remember what I did there, whether I threw them out or something. But- Surely. I'd hope so. I mean, the way I you tell remember. it, the way you tell it, you shit yourself and you just fly home. I just realised I got pretty like open with you guys pretty soon. I'm sorry for just dropping that on you. <laughs> Don't apologise to me. Apologise to your underpants and the co-passengers on NZ four five one from Denpasar to Auckland. Yeah. Um, Oh, that, no, that's that's sweet. So, but seeing that, that stirs some memories. Did you find it funny? Did the people I, you were travelling with find it funny? Yeah, yeah, it did. And I just... Did it break one of them out of their Mexi coma as they were reeling from being jilted by the love of their life? <laughs> he knows it. It's not his first radio. No, it's my 31st. Um, certainly isn't. Yeah, I just... I liked that they, you know, displayed a girl pooing her pants because it's happened to all of us. Mm. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but <laughs> can we cut this out? No. <laughs> These podcasts go up unedited. <sighs> Bridesmaids? That was a seminal moment, wasn't it? Both in the film yeah, and Yeah, good call. Actually, yeah. Comedy cinema. Groundbreaking, yeah. When she had to poo in the street. Yeah. Was that after? It must have been after Sex in the City. There was that 2000 and... Feels like... 10? Was that like 2010 yeah, or 11, yeah. Kristen feels... Wiig was big. Yeah. She's been behind the scenes for a while yeah. now. I haven't seen a lot of her lately. No. Um, what other notes did you take? Uh, so, so far we have, um, uh, what was the first one? Uh, the first one was <laughs> pointing out the thing in the teeth. And the second one was that you shit yourself in Bali. Correct. Um, PJ, mm. I'll throw you a note I've got and you can just see what sort of yeah, go. self-generates yeah, from that. <clears throat> yeah, are you are you ready? I don't usually clear my throat before these because yep. they're not very important. Um, <laughs> to, what have I written here? To hear the conversation between Louise and Carrie at the bar about how love, love is the thing, you know. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, that was just, okay, this, this isn't really anything. But just that, that point in the film. So we've gone through so much already. The wedding's off. Yeah. Steve's cheated. The gals are in a bad way. Samantha's in Hollywood, not necessarily loving it. You know, there's trouble in paradise all around. And we've yeah. been introduced to this new character as well, Louise from St. Louis, and they're at the bar, her and Carrie, uh, discussing their respective heartbreaks. Oh, is that when... Go yeah, on. so that's when she's like... Carrie sort of decides to not focus so much on herself and she's like, Louise, there are other problems in the world. I'm going to take you out for a cocktail, gal. For about 45 seconds. Right. And before I get to... Oh, well, the point I was going to make there is I looked at the timer at that point. There was still an hour to go. And I was like, fuck right off. You've got to be joking me. But <laughs> you've just reminded me, PJ, of... Um, on the Wikipedia page, it's really interesting for Carrie Bradshaw. They've done a lot of comparison between 
how she was interpreted as a character and how important she was in television and all of these awards that the character won at the time. It's like, you know, TV Guide's yeah. top 10 most influential characters of all time and um, Glamour Magazine, like best female character on television ever. Uh, at one point, Sarah Jessica Parker was the highest paid um, television actress of all time. She was getting $3.14 million an episode of Sex and the City. And then Whoa. there's all this retrospective look at the series and particularly at the protagonist, Ka- uh, Carrie Bradshaw. And yeah. people are like, oh, oh, she was a garbage person. How will we trick so easily? And it's it's really interesting <laughs> yeah. that she was so worshipped when the series was new. But in retrospect, everyone now is like, she's self-centered, um, she's horrible. She's so unfaithful to her partners. Like she just <laughs> cheats on every single one yeah. of them multiple times, and she makes everything about her except for right at the start of the first season. But apart from that, it's just that's, all about her. Sarah Jessica Parker is included in the people who have looked back and said, "I think you know it, uh, the show would be different if it was made now." Oh, it'd be made very different. And I mean, the other thing I think part of the reason I mean it's this is sort of difficult to. Uh, to resolve I guess but like I think part of the reason why she was such a seminal character and she had like and the show had such tremendous cut through is because they didn't sand off those edges and it was like you're finally you know because everyone all of them had flaws yeah like you're you're seeing you're seeing a character who's round like you know who's who's fleshed out to the point where you see all of the things about them which make them uh imperfect and I think especially with you know uh characters that were women on tv shows at the time this was coming out it was such a rarity and to see a show driven by someone who was so flawed you know who was a woman made it really like exciting and fresh but the idea that is the greatest i mean if i don't know that the characters the where she's being judged the greatest character on tv say by glamour magazine that isn't a celebration necessarily of who carrie bradshaw is as a person but just that the character itself i don't know i didn't read the wikipedia page (laughs) Yeah, I mean, is it, is it the can, idea that she's, that you know, a female in New York doing it for herself? She's independent. But then, like, I was saying to Guy, like, how was she so wealthy? Like, was she? She's written three books, I think. How the hell could she afford all of those things? What were you going to say, Tim? Uh, you're being too, uh, um, you're defending these women too much, I think. You're extending too much leeway. Like, I'm all for flawed characters and multifaceted characters on the box, but it's hilarious to me that she's been outed as such an asshole. like, after the glow well, of the but, show has gone away and people have re-examined I, the character. I, it's also not like the show was made in the now 50s. Like... I know, but I think the... I mean, I've, I haven't watched enough of the show to know. I mean, I'm on the record, I'm pretty sure. If you look back, there might be roughly 83 instances of me saying this that Carrie Bradshaw, as represented in the movies, is an abomination. She is a disaster, one of the last people you'd want to be in a relationship, let alone friends with, because she's entirely self-centered. But I feel like that's part of why the movies didn't go well, is because, you know, they took this sacred thing and they sort of desecrated it um, across five five hours is the runtime of both movies, (laughs) which is insane. You know, like we don't have another season of the TV show in us, but we do have that amount of time in two movies. That's bullshit. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, you, what were you going to say? Well, no, I was just going to say hindsight's a beautiful thing, though, and it's coming out now with so many sitcoms and shows and movies that were from, you know, the yeah. 90s and whatnot, where we view everything so differently. 
because of what society's like. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that's so specific to this um, with all her flaws and yeah. that kind of jazz. But it is that stepping back yeah. with hindsight. Time is, time is uh, unforgiving, particularly towards comedy. Yes. Comedy ages faster than anything. <sighs> Doesn't it? It ages like an avocado. Rapidly, it's good for a while, yeah, and then you open the fridge door and you go, "I can't oh, put that I on anything." I had an acidic avocado the other day. Oh, do do tell! It was really disappointing. <laughs> I went to one of these cafes, which was allegedly the best smashed avo in Melbourne, and I got it on a day where the avo was far from supreme, and it was acidic. Like it actually, I didn't know there was such a thing. It almost tasted like there's alcohol in there. Yeah. Anyone ever had one of them? I can't say. Are you a bit of a foodie, Paige? I like to think so, but I'm not really. <laughs> what would you make of the food in the film? <gasps> okay, well, I thought initially when they were out, um, when she was out with the girls having some drinks, I thought she was eating a hot cross bun um, on the side plate, and I did notice. Also, I realised later, I think it was just a standard bread roll, but I did notice there were um, quite a couple of moments where bread was consumed. Where I feel like there wouldn't be a thing in a movie. Bread wouldn't. They love bread. She was snacking on some toast. I was like, mm, would you really be snacking on toast? I feel like you'd be having a smoothie. Ah, wow. You, know? you are really in really? food. Mm. That breaks my heart. Yeah, I mean, look at her. She's not having toast for breakfast. I love Why? toast. Why? I love toast too. But realistically, she is like in ridiculous I shape. I toast for and breakfast. I, feel like- I look like Carrie Bradshaw. <laughs> what do you have on your toast? You don't look like Carrie Bradshaw. Uh, Olivano at the moment because avocados are like six fifty each. Oh, that's that's steep. Seasonal New Zealand prices. (laughs) That's a news story. It was once. I can keep throwing you notes, PJ. But first, I want to ask: How many countries have you shat your pants in? Do you think total? Just like off top of your head, pants or Hmm. or what? Unplanned. I think unplanned. Shat yourself. Twice. Two countries. Two countries. Bali or <laughs> Indonesia. <laughs> yeah. And? Not telling. Because <laughs> it was really. Um, <laughs> not telling. Now you moved here how long Australia. ago? Australia. <laughs> I don't want to do this. <laughs> In the last I don't two years. Do this. <laughs> it's okay. I, <laughs> no. I shit myself at the end of last year. Did you? Yeah, yeah. Same. Ah, there you go. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Um. What was your other question, Tim? I didn't have another one. <laughs> Where's that? Um, I've just got some other shitty notes. Oh, man. The bit where she was picking assistance and said it was on Louise. I It was the only bit I did this because it's kind of an insane thing to do when you're by yourself. But I actually yelled at the screen, pick Paul. I want to see Paul do this job. Yeah, with the shoes. He would have really brought um, some flair some flair to the scene. It would have been so much fun. I'm glad to hear that you were supporting the idea of the movie deviating from its norm, Tim. That tells me that we are operating on the same page, which is one of depravity uh, that is no longer, you know, bound or tied to, you know, the core tenets of reality. Uh, that, to me, is really exciting. And while you boot up your next notes, uh, Polly, I just would like to throw a segment to you, which okay. I told you we were going to do. Yes. Now, this is called uh, Outside the Lines with right. Polly Harding. Yep. And after Carrie sort of tries to coyly refer to the fact that her and Big have uh, an active sex life in which he 
really stays inside the lines. Um, can you please tell me, as you really? understand it, yeah. what real, yeah, really, R-A-R-E-L-Y, what that means? You know, initially when I did hear this quote guy, I was led to think that he's adventurous. He doesn't, he doesn't stick to the norm. Um, he likes to experiment when it comes to making love. But then I thought of it again and, uh, you know, I was sort of um, led to believe that perhaps uh, – how do I do this in a PG kind of way? This I just, is not a PG podcast. I just think maybe he is um, ejaculating all over the room. <laughs> yes. That was sort of my other option. I think option one is probably more likely, but option... What's option one? Option one is that he's just experimental. Option two... There's nothing more experimental than pulling out and coming on the curtains. <laughs> I guess, What's I guess more experimental than saying, hands. instead of being the lover of a lifetime, I'm going to Jackson Pollock this apartment. I don't know. Like, I, Am I allowed to ask your interpretation? Oh, yeah, of course. But you guys would have shared it on the podcast many times, so it's probably just going over all ground. Well, no, I, I think, Tim, what's yours? We are all on the same page here, Peach. There's no other way to read it, I think. Really? Absolutely. It's the only way for it to be interpreted, which is what makes it such a standout line. Because she's like, like, tell us how, how often you have sex. She's like, no, no, a lady never kisses and tells. I couldn't she's possibly definitely doing some dodgy. Yeah, like, stuff. I couldn't possibly soil the sanctity of my relationship with Mister Big by telling you any details of our private life. But I will say this: when we have sex, the man comes like a racehorse on anything in arm's reach. Oh, I'm so glad. I was so worried you Can were going to have the a, two deep, of you a question. Like, yeah. Sorry, Polly. The the lag on this is insane. This vocal has been particularly like a lot worse than usual. So, you never stop down to me. Guy must stop down when I start talking. Polly never should. You finish <laughs> I, your I, thought, and then I'll throw the question at you. No. Oh, okay. No. Okay. You ask us now, Tim. Yeah, I have. I've, I've uh, really hit the brakes on it now. So, have you? Has this ever like bugged you, guy, in your previous watches? And did you notice this PJ on on this watch? Uh, it was. So this is the bit where we are in New Year's. Carrie Bradshaw has just gifted a very expensive Louis Vuitton handbag to Louise, and she says in the narration of the movie, "It was the best money I've ever spent." New Year's Eve and a cup of noodles. Now, the way she says it, it sounds like that is a comma. Is she talking about the bag or is she talking about the noodles? I think it's sort of bigger than that. It's sort of meaning that she had the time to emotionally heal. I can't even understand what you're saying. <laughs> I, th- I understand what you're saying, Tim, because I've seen this quite 30 times before, and I've also noticed that the way it's edited kind of bridges. It could be either. She could be saying, giving uh, Louise a very expensive purse, which I know she'll love and cherish, was the best money I've ever spent, or spending a quiet night on New Year's, a time when you'd usually be quite extravagant and make purchases outside your means, by staying in and having a cup of noodle soup is the best money she's ever spent. I mean, the only, you know, the only read for me, even though it's edited in a confusing way, has to be the first. It has to be 
buying the, yeah. the experience of giving and being generous it's so much more powerful than yeah. you know saving being money selfish on, saving money on noodles but it's interesting to think you know the different ways in which Big and Carrie deal with spending New Year's alone you know because they're both probably reeling in the same way even though Big made the decision to jilt her they're both still broken hearted and cut up by it and she sort of you know she retires within herself she stays indoors you know she sort of uh, holds up I don't know that she's necessarily embracing feeling sorry for herself but she's not fighting it too hard with yeah. pigs like no it's New Year's Eve I'm going out and I'm going to have a dinner and yeah. a wine I'm going to have steak and a red wine because I'm Mr. Big I don't care about my life anymore I want gout <laughs> <laughs> what is this accent <laughs> I don't know I went a little country western sorry but do you know what? Every time, I've got to be honest, every time I watch the movie, I think of the song, I'm the one who wants to be with you. Be with you. Deep inside, I hope you feel it too. Waited all our lives. We waited all our lives. Oh, that's nice. Because it's sung by Mr. Big. <laughs> Is that how he feels? Yes. <laughs> No, that's the band. Okay, so PJ. Mr. Big, to be with you. Oh, the band's called Mr. Big. Yes. I had no idea. Why did you think I was singing that song? Because you just thought of it. I sang all sorts of songs during the movie. <laughs> yeah, and, you go, actually- that, and you go, is that song coming on now? I go, no. Sometimes I just like to score the movie. <laughs> no, there was actual relevance of this. This is, this is so serendipitous because not two days ago, I uh, was in Wellington hanging out with a new pal, a new pal, Luke. Isn't it good to make a new friend? Oh, and he showed best. me a photo he had taken in a karaoke restaurant where they had that song by Mr. Big and they hadn't bothered to like look this up or anything. And it was just Mr. Big from Sex in the City as the <laughs> album art. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. It's oh. fucking good, eh? It's just the internet, isn't it? People just look up stuff and whack it on. Hey, at this point of our journey in the season, when the gals, um, that final departing shot of cheersing to the next 50 years, it honestly feels like a hostile threat to me. (laughs) What part of Is that right at the end? end, Yeah, they they toast Samantha and they say to the next 50. And in my (laughs) cynical head, all I think every time is there's no fucking way. For it's one of you, to, scary and aggressive. For for one of you to make it that far would be impressive. I'm embarrassed. I didn't see. I didn't see that scene. You were getting excited. You were getting us some of this antioxidant alkaline water. That's right, Tim. I mean, hi. That's okay. Um, we have a segment that we do every week to try and bring some light and levity to what is otherwise can be a pretty downcast conversation. It's called the shining light. So mine, for example, was finding when Brady shed himself. Tim, would you like to share your shining light? Oh, yeah, I did write this down. Um, let me see, let me see, let me see. Oh, yeah, it's it, so... Oh, no, wait, it wasn't that. Um, what was it? Oh, it was Stanford lighting up a cigarette when he's organising the gals to get in the car. Just because you don't see that in movies anymore. Oh, are you kidding me? That drives me insane. They're only oh. going to be outside for less than a minute. It is a waste of a cigarette, and he risks mm. making everyone's nice wedding clothes smell. It's selfish. How bad what are you opportunity does he have to how- smoke, though? Like, I don't know, when Carrie's in the car and they've left, not not as soon as you step outside. 
I mean, who yeah, might, that's gonna smell. Who dirt. might have rain on your shining light? But that's what I thought. What did you enjoy? What what particular moment, beat, scene, piece of acting, or line mm. really jumped out and shone to you? Probably when the hot neighbor had the shower and he was washing with soap because I thought I was the only person who washed with bars of soap these days. <laughs> and there's nothing more clean and fresh and crispy than a bar of soap on your skin, and you turn body, the shower a, a off. Body wash. Body wash is overrated. I do have body wash as well. But I just love a bar of soap. My mum still gives me soap for Christmas. Oh, that's nice. What do you think that, why do you think people are off soap these days? I think it's because they know where it's going. Where's it going? Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And like when you find a pube, <laughs> when you find a pube, it's just too yeah. much. But And then you start hacking at the soap to get the pube out. Well, it is a funny concept though. Because like if I stay at someone else's house, I'm going to use their soap. Yeah. You can always tell. But I think it's yeah. self-cleansing. I do. I use, Is it I self-cleansing? Use, no, but I use soap as well. I mean, it's Surely. just like, it's best not to think about it too much. Yeah. You know, when you're trying to get your pubes out of the soap, it looks like Wolverine's been at your place for a shower. <laughs> <laughs> so you just hack. Yeah. Hack and you still can't get it. <laughs> oh, there's a few snorts now, sorry. <laughs> no, that's cool. Um, We've got time for one more segment. Okay. And we're going to... Rip through it. I'm going oh. to John Mayer tonight. Oh, that's exciting. He's a, he's a stud. He's hot. I, I sent him a DM on Instagram. Yeah, you, you did it when you were single. When I was single. <laughs> PJ sent John Mayer a very thirsty <laughs> message on Instagram. My friends are like, I just the best part about this is you thought that he was going to reply. <laughs> he's got over 4 million followers. He might have. He didn't. I'm sorry to hear that. But the, the segment is um, pretty much... Tim and I are very wealthy Hollywood movie executives. We're sitting on bags of money. Yep. And you are an exciting young filmmaker who's got a fantastic idea for another film set in the Sex and the City universe. So you're going to come in and you're going to pitch the sequel to us. You're going to pitch the new Sex and the City movie. (sighs) Okay. And depending how it goes would depend how much money we may give you. Right. Okay. So I'm just doing this now? Step into my office. Hi. Whoa. (laughs) I'm married. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> um, uh, my name is oh, Melissa. Oh, oh, hi, Melissa. <laughs> you, you, I thought we were meeting with Polly Harding. Hi, I'm Polly. <laughs> what was... a fucking block from the supposed <laughs> professional improviser here. Okay, Guy, so um... it's Melissa. <laughs> Am I Melissa or Polly? Because I'll go with one of them. Sorry, you, you. I feel like I can play a bit more when I'm not myself, so I'll go as Melissa. Okay, great. Hi, You're I'm Melissa. Melissa. I'm Melissa, and today my proposal consists of the main protagonist being Samantha, because I feel like she has got the room to really delve into. I think that Samantha has got a cafe. And it's a French bakery-styled cafe. I like, and, I um, like pastries. And she's going to Paris. <laughs> <laughs> to <do> some- <laughs> Melissa, can I just please press pause on this? Yeah. We cleared our schedules for this meeting. We were assured that you had a pitch of the highest quality for Hear the next out, film. Steve. It does feel somewhat... Did you just call me Steve? What was your name? Guy. Okay. Hear me out, Guy. Um... So 
she started this bakery after having a bit of a midlife crisis. She's just turned 50. So this is the year after the first. When's the second movie? 2008. Oh, 2010. Okay. Well, this is after that. She's decided that food is the key to her heart. She decided she had a problem with sex. So she's gone to um, the patisserie and she goes to Paris to do some research. Yeah. When she's in Paris, she gets out the cab and a guy is cycling past and he knocks into the door and she goes, what are you doing? Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) And he goes, oh, voulez-vous les français? Oh, no, wait, 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 Do what, you sorry? speak French? Oh, what, sorry? <laughs> Je suis désolé. Yeah, yeah. Je suis désolé. And she goes, bonjour. And then anyway, she's holding some pastries. He knocked them out of her hand. Just, she's just arrived in France <laughs> and she steps out of the cab already holding pastries. <laughs> she got some at the airport. Damn. <laughs> um, Guy. Duh, duh. Steve. <laughs> and then, long story short, they end up eating snails together. <laughs> Long story short, this is your movie. This is the long story short is the pitch. <laughs> Carrie happens to be working in the restaurant. What restaurant? Her and Mr. Big split and Carrie Oh. So Carrie had Carrie <laughs> It is a no from me, dog. I've heard enough. Just hear me. Just hear me out. I'm listening. Okay. So they were eating escargot in this cute little restaurant. And, um, and yeah, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Carrie comes with a plate of whiskeys. And then she's like, where have you been the last five years? A plate and of whiskeys. <laughs> And it's spilling all over the edges. A saucer of milk, but it's a liqueur. I mean, a tray, okay? No, no, no. A tray it's of whiskey. a whis- plate of whiskey. <laughs> no. You have me. You have me a plate. How was Gary employed? <laughs> You've been working here for five years, Miss Bradshaw. But initially, Samantha didn't recognise her because she got a, a really short haircut. She was like, Carrie, is that you? And Carrie's like... Yes, I've been here for five years. <laughs> and then they start chatting. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. And they're like, we should go what home. What restaurant are we in? In a French one. In Paris. In Paris. I thought it was, it's just not Samantha's restaurant. It's a different other restaurant. No, she was in Paris at. doing research oh, but this is for the patisserie. Niche. Yeah. And so then... Um, Anyway, Carrie ends up having some whiskeys with her and this mysterious guy. The mysterious guy actually becomes a ending irrelevant and they decide to go back to New York. And they start a business? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, this character we introduce, it amounts to nothing. <laughs> okay. He was just the cute mate. Okay. So that Carrie and Samantha would reunite. Uh, I'm sorry to waste your time, but it's a no from me as well. Thank you so much for coming in, Melissa. Thanks for hearing Mystery. That was sensational. I, no thanks for coming in. No thanks from me. I'm <laughs> so sorry you, you came in. You're going to give me a bit of prior warning, okay? I'm not... No, you did great. Great. That's very nice. You really found your feet. Thanks. Towards the end. 
Merci. <laughs> That's French for how are you? Um, uh, no, merci, thank you. Th- Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so proud. We've got to put yourself. a bow on this. <laughs> yeah, cool, because I've got to go get changed for John. <laughs> Did he message back? No. Yeah, but hold on oh. for a second. There's one last <clears> thing, and I want PJ to have another run at this whole improv game of which she's shown a real aptitude for, and that is yeah. to tell us what Steve is up to. Oh, uh, yeah. So, oh, when? you know, when Steve arrives, he's looking brokenhearted. He gets out of the cab at the rehearsal dinner. He says, I don't want to bother you people. I don't want to bother you. You know, remember that? They're all outside. Is that when he's already revealed to Miranda he cheated on her? Yeah, and he shows up and he looks really and disheveled. Then, and then that's when she goes off and blows it at Mr. Big. Yes. So yeah. when Steve arrives, he comes out of the cab and he looks disheveled, but he's also got a wicked glint in his eye. And he says, I don't want to bother you people, but we know that he actually does want to bother these people. He's got some huge event or something that's been happening in his day. What has motivated him to get in the cab and go to the rehearsal dinner and address this group of people? It could be anything. I didn't even watch that part. I told you it was an important scene. Yeah, but I turn in and out. Um, uh, It could be anything. why, Why was he so motivated to go there? Yeah, yeah. Like, where had he been? Yeah. Was he well-dressed? This is okay. Um, it, Tim? No, you just say anything. I didn't see it. That doesn't matter. Just say, where do you think Steve's been? What would you like Steve to be doing? Becoming a professional card player. There you go. What did you think? Yes, please. I also thought he was becoming a professional card player. Are you serious? <laughs> no. Oh. But it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's in the spirit of supporting your idea that I say yes. Um, yeah, I... Uh, that or no? I think we'll just we'll put a pin in it there. I think <laughs> you, you nailed it. You got it in one. Um, what we'll do is we'll play that little last bit of improv at double speed, so it will sound. Thank you. Sound like it happened at normal pace. <laughs> thank you so much, because I genuinely didn't know what point it was. Not at all. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, guys, for having me. <laughs> it was a real pleasure. Um, where could people, if they were so inclined to, where would they look you up on social media? Yeah, for sure. Well, um, Jason PJ on Instagram uh, or on Facebook. Yeah. And uh, personally, if you want to follow selfies and irrelevant content, uh, PJ DJ. PJ D E E J A Y. Ah, very nice. Uh, Tim, do you have anything you'd like to say? Oh, kiss 1011. It's probably the most important thing. That's our frequency if you live in Melbourne. Yeah, nice. Yep. Turn in. Paige, did you enjoy this? Did you have fun? Do you know what? I really did have pockets of fun. (laughs) (laughs) I thought the sentence was over, but then you added a little bit more and it became less good. No, no, no. Do you know what? I'm not where you guys are at emotionally with this whole experience. So I feel like you guys have got a real head start. Um, and, and you showed a lot more depth than I did. I was sort of merely tapping into the surface of what is a fascinating project. Hey, well, you know, put in the hard yards, <laughs> 30 more watches. I mean, you won't have caught up by then because we'll be another 20, oh, no, exactly. 21 oh, watches That's ahead. the thing. I'm never going to be where you guys are. Not with that kind of attitude. The hard <laughs> work, our workers. What? 
I don't want to add like t- too much more duration, but this is a slightly new idea. Um, yeah. I think I have watched you, PJ, over yeah. the last few years, kind of like sort yourself out. Like you, you, you've addressed individual areas of your life. You, you paid a lot of attention to eating well. You did sort oh. of um, got into like meditation and yoga stuff. And I think you're in a really good place. And I think Guy and I have been drinking <laughs> poison. Um, for the internet for many years now. And I think it's it's put us in a very dark space, um, yeah. but it's produced this weird kind of pseudo art comedy project. And yeah. I think you're actually like, you're now too far above us. You, you're looking down and you're like, what are those tiny miserable ants up to? It's That's confusing not true. and it's confronting. Are you, are you comparing me to Raid? Who's Ray, sorry? Raid. Morteen. Morteen. Oh. <laughs> now nah, I'm not saying you're, like, killing us. I'm just saying you're observing us from on high, being like, this is not a thing. I think it's – I honestly think it's a thing. It's actually made me realise how you can analyse the most mundane of things in life. And I'm going to have a different perspective moving forward. Hey. Well, we do what little we can to help the world we live in. Thank you so much, everybody. We will be back shortly when we have watched Sex and City again. And uh, I'm just speaking for myself here because I don't know if we're going to have a guest. We'll be in a markedly worse mood. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Have a nice day. Frosty fellas, forever. Yeah, Frosty fellas, stay chill. We just have a good rhythm together, you know. He sort of feels me out. I feel him out. And uh, we go for it. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.